Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike the intern, Ned Reynolds back in the studio on a very chilly, chilly Tuesday morning. I guess we better get used to it because it's here. It's coming, it's coming. Uh, I was surprised you weren't wearing your uh, goose down this morning. It's close. It's Uh, close. We got one hanging in the closet for you if you need to put it on. Not quite yet, but we're we're closing. We're inching, inching, inching closer. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, the world's been watching. Josh Gordon, the Kansas City Chief, is he going to suit up for the team on Sunday? A lot of people thinking he might do that. Well, judging from what Andy Reid said yesterday, they're going to leave it to him, him being Josh Gordon, as to whether or not he feels he's ready. He's worked out very briefly with the practice squad. Now, keep in mind, the guy hasn't played in two years, and he is 30 years old. That's good news and it's bad news. Uh, 30 is not very old. And the good news is he hasn't taken a lot of beating over those two years, a lot of hits and things like that. But the bad news is his timing can't be anywhere near what NFL timing is required. He has to know this. That takes game after game, practice after practice, to get that level of rhythm down to where you're a very good wide receiver. He is. He's a good wide receiver. He's National Football League's leader in 2013, a long time ago. So whether or not he can mentally prepare himself to get ready, and I'm sure being the athlete and having an ego that athletes have, he'll say he is ready. So I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him put on the uniform. Um, Travis Kelsey said watching him run routes has just been unbelievable. Uh, his, you know, you say he was off for a while, and you would think that sometimes when you're away from a sport like this, you'd let yourself go. He's like weighing in and had like 7% body fat like he's been taking care of himself but you're right the one thing that no one has talked about is that timing you can run routes all day make it look crazy but if you don't have that timing and you're not clicking with a QB ain't gonna do you any good but and you can be great in practice and nothing on the field oh, and uh, vice yeah. versa yeah absolutely so we'll see I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it um, I, I think this is a great get for us uh, low risk, possible high reward, and you know I'm a cheese fan, so I've got to be optimistic, Ned. But it'll be great to see him uh, catch a TD. You against mean the Bills. to tell me there's a Chiefs fan who does not think they're going to win? Uh, we always <laughs> no. I just uh, just thinking about uh, thinking about Josh Gordon. You know how uh, this has been a good get. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, the defense, though, I mean, has to step up, and you're you're playing against a. Very, very, very high-scoring Buffalo Bills team that can throw it at you, that can get it on the ground at you. There's a lot of things they can do, a lot like Kansas City. And uh, this was our AFC championship opponent last year. They're out for blood. But their record this year is a little bit misleading, in my opinion. They are 3-1. and one. They did lose their first game to Pittsburgh in Buffalo. The uh, Buffalo Bills lost that in a close game, 23-16, to 16, but they did lose. They won their next three, 35-0 over the Miami Dolphins, who aren't very good, 43-21 over the Washington team, which isn't very good, and 40-0 over the Houston Texans, who were dreadful. All right, that's fine. That's 3-1. and one. They do have, they being Buffalo, has have the weapons that Josh Allen has a 63.5% completion ratio, which is good, but it's come against nobody. They're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, and yes, the Kansas City Chiefs defense isn't very good, but it is the Chiefs. And how does that defense and how does Buffalo react when they're up against a high-scoring team like Kansas City? 
Uh, the receivers, uh, Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, they're good. They're solid receivers. There's nothing wrong with those guys. This team does not run the ball very much. Uh, Devin Singletary is their key running back. Zach Moss is back there. These are these are capable running backs, but Buffalo won't run the ball all that much. Josh Allen is a passer, has very good protection, or at least he has against lesser teams. We'll see what happens when the Kansas City Chiefs face him. I think this bodes well for Kansas City. It's under the lights at Arrowhead Stadium or G-E-H-A Field or whatever. Well, I don't know. You're, well, it's Arrowhead. <laughs> I can't spell. Steelers, so. <laughs> Steelers, and also, the win when they did get, Steelers are trash. If you watch that game on Sunday, oh my goodness gracious, Snake's alive. They are just garbage right now. They're not now. very good, and, and Roethlisberger has to be in his final year. But yeah, for sure. Let's talk a little bit, though, about bu- the Buffalo team, though, does have momentum they coming do. in here, and they do have incentive. They were beaten in Kansas mm-hmm. City last year, and it's good team. They are probably a better team from what Kansas City has seen early in the season. So uh, it'll be an interesting test on Sunday night. Um, so basically what you're telling me is I'm going to have a late night Sunday night and you're going to come in here and I'll be passed out on the keyboard on Monday, right? Yeah, but if it's, if it's a win, you can pass Just out. Just don't slap me too hard like last time, okay? <laughs> uh, there was a little bit of a delay to the start of the uh, Monday night game last night. Uh, you, you're meaning to tell me they build this uh, magical, expensive, just glorious stadium and it can't keep out the weather? Well, they yes and no. It was lightning. It wasn't so much the weather. Well, lightning is part of weather. But they had a very rare, and thunderstorms in Los Angeles are very rare, well, it is, it's a domed stadium, although there's a very small opening at the very top, but the sides are open. So the officials decided, and I think probably rightfully so, to err on the side of caution and uh, to postpone the game for about a half an hour, to delay it for a half hour. Well, John Gruden says, what the hell are we delaying the game? There's a roof on this place. And the officials said, yeah, but there is still a way and we better be safe. There's, there's how we live these days, Mike. It's not just in sports, but in everything. Oh, what could happen? People, how about R-I-S-K? Is there anything like that anymore? Not anymore, especially when you can, if you have the question in your mind, if things go wrong, then it's, hey, did you consider this? Well, yeah, but, and then it's all over for you. Everything we do in life, something could go wrong. Oh, absolutely. And I drove to work this morning, and you drove here too. Same same thing. But point point of the conversation is, I I watching that game last night, and I mean, yeah, the Chargers ended up coming back and and winning and taking care of business. But I'm sitting there thinking to myself, how in the hell did this team beat the Chiefs? Well, different style. That's that's how uh, the the Raiders Las Vegas plays plays a solid level of defense. They're not great, but it's a solid level of defense, and you can slow their offensive attack because they're really not in a great rhythm. The Chargers do have a good team, but the Raiders were pretty good at taking them out of it last night, I thought. Now, you're right. The Chargers do win the game 28-14, and the Raiders had their chance. But in, in pro football, where you're dealing with a lot of parity, you can't fall behind in the first half. The Chiefs can because they can score. But almost all other teams can't fall behind significantly in the first half, and the Raiders did 21-0. And then did come back in the second half, not enough. That's tough to do in pro football because you have such high-caliber athletes in there. But, again, these teams, the season's still young, and a lot of things can happen, and the Chargers have to face the Chiefs again. Raiders have to face the Chiefs twice. Long, long way to go. It's going to be a garbage uh, late November, December, because it starts with the Raiders in Vegas in the middle of November. 
Then we have the Cowboys bye, and then it's all divisional opponents with the exception of the Steelers, which I consider a divisional opponent because I hate them. Normally, you'd come in here and be like, all right, here's who won last night or yesterday afternoon or these doubleheaders are garbage. I'm tired of these seven-inning games. What the hell is going on, intern? And now it's like, we don't have any baseball. There was no, There's no baseball yesterday, but there is tonight. There is indeed the first of the wild card playoff, and there are two of them, one in the American, the Cardinals in the National League. This is the game tonight at Fenway Park, Boston. It's the Red Sox and the Yankees. What a surprise. Two of the most bitter rivals in all of all of sports, for that matter. But they're playing at Fenway Park. Why? Well, they finished in a tie for the wild card, but the tiebreaker was who won the regular season series between the two of them, and the Red Sox were the winners. So Fenway Park is where they'll be. I remember a playoff game back in the 19, late 1970s. The Yankees and the Red Sox playing in, in Boston, and the Yankees won that one. So we'll see what happens Police here. protection to get out of the city. <laughs> I guarantee you that, man. They were probably motor- motorcaded harder than the president was. I'll tell you a quick story, too, about that one. Uh, Bucky Dent of the yeah. Yankee hit a home run. Hit a home run, and he never hits home runs, but he hit a home run that decided the game. So the old Red Sox uh, coach, Don Zimmer, is uh, oh, driving home to North Carolina. He's driving down the Atlantic coast and oh, thinking about maybe spring training and so forth. And he gets into North Carolina and he sees a stop off on the highway and he pulls off overlooking a great ravine and all that. Gets out and out of his car, stops at the rail and hollers at the top of his lungs, Bucky, blank, blank, dent. Gets back in the car and goes, <laughs> Hey, yelling out out at a ravine instead of punching someone is always the better the better move. But I guarantee you that's going to be a highly watched game tonight for oh, sure. It will be uh, a great pitching matchup. Garrett Cole, the one-time UCLA All-America, goes for the Yankees, and he is a fine pitcher, but he does not have a good record against the Red Sox. And Nathan Eovaldi will be pitching for Boston. This is this is a good game. Winner, of course, goes to the divisional series, which will begin in the American League on Thursday. And it'll be it'll be quite an interesting set of matchups. Divisional series is best of five. Wild card series is best of one. One and done. Cardinals play in Los Angeles tomorrow night against the Dodgers. It's going to be a good good game. Go Cards! <laughs> now that the regular season is over, the accolades can start getting passed out. And one of those league batting champions. Who are those guys? There are, two, of course, the two of them. National League batting champion is Trey Turner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He finished with an average of three twenty-eight this year. And last year's champion, Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals, was second. And in the American League, two Houston Astros are at the top of the list. The batting champion is Yuli uh, Goriel of the Astros, who had a very fine year. three nineteen was uh, his average. And Yuli's uh, a good player, Yuli Goriel. And his teammate, Michael Brantley, was second with the 311. So they're your two batting champions, and they are Trey Turner and Yuli Goriel. So you have batting champions already decided. And you know who the best pitchers are, although that is subjective because that's voted on by the Baseball Writers Association of America, as is the most valuable player. That'll be coming up after the World Series ends. Also subjective. One of the things that cracks me up about racing is that 
you get these guys, all these people watching it on Sunday, and then all of a sudden the delays come in. And, and I, I wonder if the TV's just got to be pulling their hair out when this stuff happens. Because it happens a lot. And they're like, oh, we got to finish it tomorrow. And and, no, and and I guarantee you half the people even know it's even going on after Sunday. Yeah, once you uh, once you postpone something like that, uh, and especially a big race at Talladega, yeah, your TV audience is reduced because, of course, it's a working day. So yeah. you can't sit back. And even then, even yesterday, they didn't get the race finished. But it was enough to have an official winner. This is the Yellowwood 400 that they ran at Talladega, part of the NASCAR playoff series. And the race was stopped after 117 laps. Well, that's better than halfway. It stopped because it was coming down in torrents in Talladega yesterday. The winner is Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace is the only African-American driver on the NASCAR Cup Series, and this is his first win. It's also only the second win ever for an African-American driver. The first one was back in the early 1960s. But how about that? Bubba Wallace comes away with a win, and indeed he was very happy about the whole circumstance. Whether or not that puts him in the running for the Cup Championship, probably not, because you're going to reduce the field here after the next race coming up. But over and above all that, a significant victory in NASCAR. Yeah, congratulations, Bubba. And I'm sure he's probably the only one in Alabama celebrating the rain. (laughs) Ned, you have a wonderful day, sir.